If we have a Bible this morning, let's turn to uh, Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, verse 18. Luke chapter 7, verse 18. Then the disciples of John reported to him concerning all these things. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And that very hour he cured many of the infirmities, inflictions, and evil spirits. And to many blind he gave sight. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. When the messengers of John had departed, he began to speak to them, uh, to the multitudes concerning John. And we'll leave the reading there and we trust that God would add his blessing to the reading of his own precious word. You know, I noticed that in this chapter, in, in Luke chapter 7, there are many everyday situations of life which are covered. You know, we are everyday sorts of people, aren't we? Who face everyday situations. It doesn't matter what way we got out of bed, or whatever situation, we are everyday people who face everyday situations. Just like the people out there. Everyday people who face everyday situations. Now you say, well hang on a minute. (laughs) That makes me a little bit common, doesn't it? Well, it doesn't really. Because we are that sort of person. And just because you're sitting here in church this morning doesn't mean that you are immune from everyday situations. I don't know what you walked in from or what you may be walking out of here to, but there are some every ferocious, everyday situations that people face. We've only got to listen to the news. We've only got to listen to the gossip in Super Value or wherever and we'll hear exactly what is going on around the place, in the localities. You know, in some of the schools I go into, in some of the tougher areas of Dublin, where gangland warfare is rife, I'm sure some of those boys and girls have seen a lot heard a lot and witnessed a lot of what goes on. And so these people, in this chapter, we find the Lord Jesus dealing with everyday situations. Early in this chapter, he talked about how a man had terminal sickness. A servant had terminal sickness and his centurion asked the Lord Jesus to come to his house. And as he was coming, Jesus, he said, sorry, you're not coming any further. Speak the word and my servant will be healed. And to that man, the words of Jesus were very important. And as we read the Bible, and as we understand the Bible, the words of the Lord Jesus are important. Maybe something that's been said or done, or something that has been sung this morning, makes you encouraged by the words of the Lord Jesus. What does he say? He says, come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said things like, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. There are so many other wonderful things. And the words of the Lord Jesus made a difference 
in that situation. Because the servant was healed. And the words of the Lord Jesus can be real in your situation and circumstances even this day. Also in this chapter, we would think about um, uh, uh, where uh, the Lord Jesus turned up at a funeral. That's a real thing, isn't it? He turned up at a, 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 a funeral. And here we were, a lady had already lost her husband and now she had lost her son and they were on their way to the cemetery when the Lord Jesus turned up. You see, the Lord Jesus has the big picture in view. We only see today, tomorrow, or what may happen tomorrow and hope what goes on the next day will be... But Jesus sees the whole picture. And he turned up at the right time, what? To bring new life. And there are many situations that you and I face where the Lord Jesus needs to bring new life. If we read further in our chapter we would find that there was a lady that was misunderstood. And there are lots of people in the world today, not necessarily ladies, there may be young people, there may be men as well, who are misunderstood. And that's why there are lots of problems and little difficulties. And maybe that's why there are tensions sometimes within the families, because people have been misunderstood. But the Lord Jesus came into that situation in a wonderful way. And not only was the lady herself, her life changed, but others were challenged. But in this passage that we read this morning, we didn't read of, not, not at this time, not sickness, not being misunderstood, not death, but doubt. Doubt is a very real thing, isn't it? You know, it's very it's easy to have doubt in our lives. You know, we're human. We face all sorts of situations. Maybe for some of us here, maybe the, our life's partner is not a believer. Or maybe sometimes, maybe our parents are not <coughs> believers. Maybe sometimes our friends are not believers. You know, and we love the Lord Jesus and we want to live for the Lord Jesus. But sometimes these people throw all sorts of situations and all sorts of thoughts into our minds that cause us to doubt. And in this chapter, in this passage, was John the Baptist who was doubting. You know, the Lord Jesus is the answer to your need. The Lord Jesus is the answer to the need of every single person in this room. And so when we feel the attacks of Satan, and when the questions are sort of being raised in our minds that might cause me to doubt... Why not come to the Lord Jesus early than leaving it too late? You know, when I was doing my study uh, for this morning, um, I was called away uh, and when I came back, I, I found these words written on the screensaver on my computer. For those who acknowledge God's existence and seek to serve him, there are benefits and blessings that the world knows nothing about. 
hope in times of anxiety, God's abiding presence, protection from the wicked, strength in time of peril and the promise of eternal life. And they are good words, aren't they? Great medicine for doubt. Let's forget about ourselves. Let's forget about the situation and just concentrate on the Lord Jesus. And if you've never done it, or you haven't done it for a little while, why not develop it? So what are some of the causes for doubt? We may lose some spark in our Christian life. Maybe that excitement that we first had when we came to Christ, when we experience that new life and the joy of asking the Lord Jesus to come into our life, to realise there was a future, there was a certainty, life with Christ forever. Life beyond the grave, eternal life. That wonderful verse, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life, a life that will never stop. And the wonderful thing is, you know, when we came to Christ, what a wonderful thing it was. Maybe there were situations and circumstances were so bad that finding Christ was the answer and we had this great joy and excitement in our lives. And then as time has gone on, maybe we began to lose a little bit of spark and life has become a little bit dreary. It may be because life has become too busy and we've forgotten about the Bible and we've forgotten about prayer and maybe we've forgotten about the local believers down the road who've been an encouragement and blessing to us and we suddenly forget about them and suddenly we realise that other pressures and other things are coming in and that love for the Lord Jesus seems to have gone And doubt comes in. Or maybe we're finding it hard. Maybe we're finding the Christian life hard because the people at home are not believers. The people we work with are not believers. The kids at school are not believers. And they don't see it the way we see it. And so we begin to, all sorts of doubts come into our mind. Have we listened and listened to the wrong message? Or maybe there has been illness. Or maybe there is a a marital situation. Or maybe there's been an employment problem. Or maybe there's been a financial problem. And because things don't seem to be working away, somehow we start to give up and wonder, did we follow the right person? Did we we come, you know, should we have followed Christ or, or, or not? You know, and Satan wants to put all sorts of doubts into our minds. You say, is that all in the Bible? Yes, it is. Because we're reading about John the Baptist. Who was John the Baptist? He was a cousin of the Lord Jesus. He was the forerunner of the Lord Jesus. He was sent. He was sent to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord Jesus. And when the Lord Jesus came to this earth and the Lord Jesus began his public ministry and the Lord Jesus was baptised and as he came out of the the water and the, the Spirit of God came down in the form of a dove and rested on him, John the Baptist said, he must increase and I must decrease. 
And as it were, the Lord, that John the Baptist faded away into, in, into the shadows as the Lord Jesus took centre stage. He was a person who was preparing people for the coming of God, the coming of the Lord Jesus. And here we have a man with doubt. You know, a man who followed God, a man who spoke for God, and here he has having doubts in his mind. And why was he having doubts in his mind? Because one of the things that the Lord Jesus said was that he was going to bring bring freedom to the captives. We have a lovely verse in, uh, a couple of verses in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, which is a direct quote from Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. Words that were written about the Lord Jesus 700 years before he came, um, about the Lord Jesus, about what he was going to do. And, and in those two, verse, uh, those two verses in, in Luke chapter 4, we have the manifesto of the Lord Jesus. He, come, he was sent by God. He'd come to heal the brokenhearted. He'd become to give deliverance to uh, the captives and so on and so forth. And at the end of his life, people said, never man spake like him. He does all things well. You know, we're used to uh, people putting a manifesto in front of our faces and we know that when the next election comes round, <laughs> they even haven't done half the things they were saying. But yet the Lord Jesus in his manifesto, carried it all out. The whole thing. And John is in prison. Why is he in prison? Well, he's in prison for morals. Because he spoke up against Herod's wife, about the situation in Herod's family. And he finds himself now in prison. And the news of the Lord Jesus seeps through about the ministry of the Lord Jesus. And one of the things he knows is he'd come to set captives free and he's still there in prison. Has God forgotten all about him? Does God not care when things seem to go a little different for me? But God does care. God does care about the situations that you and I face. In fact, he knows more about the situation that's going to happen in my life and your life than we will ever know ourselves because he knows it from the beginning to the end, to, through the middle and the end. And was the Lord Jesus aware that John the Baptist was in prison? Of course he knew about that. And sometimes we want the Lord Jesus to do what we want, what is best for us, to get us out of the hole that we might be in. But the Lord Jesus sees the big picture. And God knows how the Lord Jesus is going to be glorified in your situation and mine. And John remained in prison. Even though he, he didn't like it, it was God's plan. And if we read through the, the Gospels, we will discover what eventually happened to John the Baptist um, where he lost his head. Not because he chose that, but because of the king and his words and his attitude. 
It's very hard, it's very hard, isn't it? When we're faced in living in the world and maybe there's doubt in our lives and we wonder, does God care? Yes. Does God understand? Yes. You know, one of the words we associate with the Lord Jesus uh, all through the Gospels is the word of compassion. Sufferings for others. And the Lord Jesus has compassion for you and me. But you know, if we're trusting in Christ, if we know that enjoyment that Christ has brought into our life, we can live for him. You see, there is a purpose and a plan in your life. The Bible, uh, you know, the Bible talks about lots of things. And one of the things that a believer stands before in a day to come is the judgment seat of Christ. The question of salvation is not dealt with because that was dealt with at the cross. But what have I done as a believer? What have you done as a believer will be under review. And God knows all about your life, your situation, your circumstances. We may be aware of our failures and everything else like that, but God living, giving in our hearts can give us the joy and the purpose to live for him day by day. You know, John the Baptist found it hard because it was difficult. It was difficult for him. But the Lord Jesus knew what he was doing. It may be difficult for you at this moment. But Jesus knows what he's doing in your life. Satan wants to sow those seeds of doubt. He wants to cause all sorts of friction in your life. But when we have Christ, we have everything that we need. We don't need anything else. We don't need anybody else. We have Christ as a Saviour and he is all that we need. And so when Satan wants to come and throw all sorts of doubts into our life and seek to trip us up, remember that you are Christ's. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, so the old hymn goes. And the Lord Jesus wants to be there with you through the situations that you knew. I noticed this morning, uh, my son would be very happy about this because you sang a lot of Chris Tomlin music, and from time to time you say to me, Dad, watch this or watch this on YouTube. It is another Chris Tomlin song. But I also noticed that some of the stuff that you knew, sung this morning was uh, Chris Getty, uh, Stuart Townend uh, material, which um, uh, we sing uh, in our church in Dublin and which I like. Uh, and uh, uh, a rendition of uh, Stuart Townend's uh, adaptation of an old hymn Oh, for a closer walk with God goes something like this. One of the verses. Where is the blessedness I knew when I first saw the Lord? Where is that soul-refreshing view of Jesus and his word? Oh, fire of God, come burn in me. Renew a holy passion till Christ my deepest longing be my never-failing fountain. My never-failing fountain. 
And so the power of God in my life and the power of God in your life gives us a power that we cannot control ourselves, but it is God working through us. And if Christ has power in our lives, then we shouldn't allow Satan to have a foothold. Enjoy the victory that we have in Christ today and every day as well. And so, the Lord Jesus sends these disciples of John the Baptist back to John, reminding him of what the prophets in the Old Testament had said um, about what the Messiah would do, how the miracles would happen, that the gospel is preached. And uh, I'm sure when John was there in prison, he would like to have seen what was going on elsewhere. And the only way for him to have seen what was going on elsewhere would have been for him to be released from prison. And sometimes in our Christian lives, you know, we like to see maybe a taste of what God is doing somewhere else. But God works. And God can work through you and me and the situations in which we find ourselves. But one of the things he said, not only did he talk about the miracles, he talked about the gospel, the good news that God intervened into this world in a wonderful way. How that man had gone his own way, that man had turned his back upon God, that Adam and Eve had failed and they were put out of the garden and that sin uh, has passed upon us all and uh, we've all been infected by the sin, uh, by sin, and God cannot tolerate sin in his presence. Just like a mother, having cleaned her house, and it looks spick and span and the kids come in with dirty shoes and everything else just about to walk into the, into the house and she said, hang on a minute, you're not coming in like that. Don't you love me? Of course I love you. But I don't love your dirty shoes. And God's like that. He loves us, but he doesn't love those imperfections inside of each one of us. And so, in the Gospel, God sent this wonderful remedy the Lord Jesus dying, as we thought about already, dying on the cross when we were still sinners. What a wonderful saviour we have and what he did for sinners, he does for you and me. But he also talked about the, uh, how the gospel has been preached to the poor. In his day, those people were easy to spot. They were the forgottens, the marginalised, the sick, the despised. I don't know. Maybe you feel sometimes like that. And if you feel like that, then you'll realise that that is the purpose of what God has done for people like you and me. Everyday sorts of people facing everyday situations. And the Lord Jesus reaches you and me. You know, I, I've been in different areas of Dublin. I've been in areas, when I lived in London, uh, I lived in, in the east end of London, and I went into different areas of the east end of London, uh, seeking to help people and to share God's love. And you will find a whole lot of people just like that. And what a wonderful joy it is to bring God's word and God's love into those situations to help people. 
the Lord Jesus had a purpose and a plan and he sought to help John. But then he started talking about John when, when the disciple was gone. Who was he? He was a messenger. What's a messenger? A messenger is someone who has a message. And if we're loving the Lord Jesus as our own personal saviour, then each one of us today is a messenger. We have a message to give that God loves us. I wonder if God gave you a message on one occasion to give to the people of Enniscorthy. Would you give it? Would you dilute it? Would you ignore it? John the Baptist was a messenger and he quoted words from the book of Malachi in the Old Testament about that. And if you're trusting the Lord Jesus this morning, you're a messenger as well. And we have a message to give. A message of God's love. But later in these verses, if we read a few more verses in, um, in Luke chapter 7, we would have seen the attitude of the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders, how they weren't too enthused about the Lord Jesus or anything else like that. And sadly, there are lots of people in our world today who are not infused because maybe you are trusting Christ as Saviour. And they want to make life as difficult and hard as they can for you. And they may, and if you are willing to take a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ, whoever we are, whether we're young or whether we're middle-aged or a little older, if we take a stand for Jesus Christ, then there are people out there who will watch and they may want to take a pot shot or a pot shot at what you say. The good news is they will never be able to eradicate the message. They may want to do what they want to do to the messenger, but they can never eradicate the message. Because God's message is true. And God has a love for you. And I trust that as we've come here this morning, as we've enjoyed this service together, as we've sung the songs, as we thought once again of, of the death of Christ and what it meant to him to give his son, the Lord Jesus, to die for you and me at the cross. And we, as we sit here this morning, maybe, maybe some of the things that we've been talking about this morning are very real in your situation. Maybe you came for relief from the situation and you came into the arms of Jesus by coming here. I trust that if God has challenged your heart, blessed your word, I'm sure if you want to talk to Andrew or Lorna or anybody else you know here, or even myself, I'm sure we are going to be too happy to help you if God's word has made a difference in your life and if you're suffering from doubt this morning, have victory through Christ and in Christ and what he's able to do. May God bless his word to our hearts.